Welcome to the Officer Autumn Show podcast, the realest and most upfront podcast designed specifically for female first responders. I'm your host, Autumn Clifford, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To the woman who's done dealing with everybody else's bullshit, who's sick and tired of getting kicked while she's down, who's tired of being bullied, harassed, who's tired of being made to feel like she's incapable, who's lost all of her confidence, listen up. If that's you, or if you've been in that situation, or maybe you just don't want to go through that situation, I have created a masterclass that I'm teaching to the women on the front lines, May 18th, in in a digital online masterclass. I'm really excited to be able to offer this to you because it's what I needed when I was being bullied, when I was going through a lot of rough shit. And I want to teach you how to overcome that adversity, how to develop a fighter's mindset, how to develop strong confidence, and how to never let your haters kick you while you're down ever again. If you're interested in this, join us. Uh, Seats are limited, so as soon as they, as soon as we get filled up, the class is going to close. But hit the link right in the show notes, secure your seat. There's tons of bonuses when you sign up. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you and teaching you how to develop the can't be touched mindset. Alan, I'm really excited to have you here and on the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself for everybody? Uh, my name is Alan Baker, uh, probably mostly known as a martial artist. I've been in martial arts full time for going on 42 years. Um, never had a real job. That is all I have done. So uh, you, you can refer to me as a martial arts bum. Um, I'm also uh, do a lot of uh, repelling, teach a lot of repelling, dive instruction, shooting. Um, I'm an outdoor enthusiast, grew up that way. Um, and a perpetual entrepreneur. Well, I'm excited to dive in. So first off, let's talk about this. I want to talk about a little bit about your martial arts career. So how many black belts do you have? Oh, wow. That's a uh, a subject. I, I usually will say I've gone to the level of black belt or an instructor level in over 25 systems. 25 system. That's insane. So what are you, what system do you teach like the most? Right now, one of the, the probably the biggest, uh, as far as popularity is going to be jujitsu, uh, catch wrestling, shooto, grappling related arts. Um, second from that seems to be like stand up striking methods, uh, Muay Thai. Yeah. We have some interest in Jeet Kune Do, uh, and then down from that's going to be the Filipino martial arts which is generally weapon based. Um, hmm. That's what we're seeing the most of as far as interest right now. Wow. So we're going to talk a whole lot more about that. So you've been in the martial arts since you've been how old? Uh, well, just before my 11th birthday. Wow. <laughs> and you said you've never had quote unquote a real job. So I mean, I would beg to differ, right? Because I think that what you're doing is so needed and important. But like, Talk to me about that. So, like, what do you do? Uh, well, um, uh, I guess first and foremost, what people see publicly is the academy. Um, I, I started teaching full time in Chattanooga. Uh, we had two schools there, um, early 90s. 
eventually migrated to Atlanta, uh, opened the academy we had now. We're in our 20th year in the current academy. Wow. Um, I, I also run a tactical training business. Uh, we do a lot of work with law enforcement, uh, military, personal protection agents. Um, a portion of that business is program design, uh, which um, we design defensive tactics specifically around the client's environment, the rules they have to follow, the social rules, the, what the boss says. Uh, so that's that's one wing. Um, our, I have an additional business where I build uh, or design, build and operate um, associations for high level martial artists. So if you see an association for different martial artists, I'm sometimes I'm the guy behind the scenes uh, oh. working with operations and that type of thing. And then uh, I've been fortunate enough to turn uh, my some of my interest into work. Uh, I do I teach diving, run dive trips throughout the year, do a lot of uh, climbing, rappelling. Climbing's been a little on the downswing lately because of a shoulder injury, uh, but rappelling uh, teach a lot of uh, rappel masters. Uh, we usually have a class a couple times a year. Wow! I'm fortunate enough to be involved in instructing in some different agencies with shooting. So uh, it's hard work. It's a hard life. It's yeah. Listen to him. <laughs> He's smiling. Everybody as he says that. that. You know, it's so cool to be honest with you because, to me, like, and obviously, just starting to get to know you, but like, it just seems like you've taken, the all of your passions and your love, and just have made it your career, right? And yeah. so you've got to be like one of the happiest people, you know. Oh yeah. I'm in a pretty good mood most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we talk about that a lot, right? Because, you know, especially we talk about it, you know, with the law enforcement and first responders and stuff, but I just feel like we can tend to get stuck pl places because we feel like we have to be, but also like we, we aren't necessarily doing what we absolutely love. And when some, a lot of times we're not even doing it as a hobby anymore because we get so busy and it just suck. It seems to suck our soul. And so it was very inspirational to see somebody do so many things that you love and you've made a career out of it. I'm a big believer in building your environment, uh, building your culture. You know, I know sometimes it'll seem like you don't have control and, and it can depend on situations and lives and stuff, but you do. You have the ability to back up, look at the big picture, build a life blueprint, decide where you want to go and go there. Um, and in, my, in my experience, most of the time you undershoot. You're like, you know, I'm going to try to do this. Then you end up over here going, man, I wish I'd have planned bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, that was honestly my experience. I, I never expected to be where I where I am now uh, with, by doing martial arts, you know. So um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in taking, you know, and, and what you want to do and turn it into your passion, turn it into, you know, a revenue stream or multiple revenue streams in order to, to support doing what you love and uh, additionally having freedom, you know, to enjoy life uh, and, and family and health. Absolutely. And, and, and what's, what's really cool to me is um, you're still, I mean, you're very still much active on the mat and how many years later? Uh, well, I've been in for about 42 now. Yeah. That's in the year. I mean, cause like I see your Instagram and which is in the show notes, everybody. So go check them out. And 
like you, you're still like I see you doing these moves and shit and I'm like oh man like don't I'm not trying to call you old or anything but because I don't think you are but I'm just saying like you've been doing this a minute and it's like holy cow if you call me old no oh. it's okay <laughs> old is uh you know in the eye of the beholder that's it that's uh, it we accept old too <laughs> early and too often uh you know and it's got a lot to do with what's up there it takes a lot of work you have to make plans to, uh, as you go through the life journey to adjust uh and you know maintenance you have to do more as you get farther along and if you don't you fall a little behind and you know but that's part of uh you know a warrior's mindset quite honestly it's one of the things that separates them from um you know other avenues that's it and so and so alan you and i are going to be speaking together um at this event roger up event um held in chicago on september 1st through the 3rd do you know like what i mean you're going to be doing a lot of the jujitsu at night right Yes, uh, I'm, I'm going to be support uh, for two other gentlemen that are going to head the program. Uh, they are fifth degree black belts um, underneath Hicks and Gracie. And uh, so I'm kind of coming in as uh, support for it. And so I'll be on the mat. Mm -hmm. We're going to divide up the groups um, so that depending on your comfort level, yeah, you can get involved. You know, jujitsu can be an intimidating thing from the outside looking in. Yes. And most people, you know, they go, well, no, not at all. But one of the things we want to achieve is we want to create an opportunity where you're safe to come in and actually in, in get involved in, in experience what this can do, what this environment can do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could come in and just stand and watch if you want to. That's OK. And I, I'm, I'm probably going to come up and, and say, hey, are you comfortable? Why don't you come out and join us? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, the culture and the environment that's around jujitsu is tremendous. And, and, and you won't just learn self-defense. It'll affect your health. It'll affect your attitude. You, the network of people that you'll get introduced to it is a tremendous thing. And on top of that, is, it is a great environment to learn and polish life skills. <laughs> oh, I bet. And I bet you could talk a lot about that. But I, I want to go back because I don't know if you saw on social media, I actually made a video about about it, um, like going being new and going into a, like a class. Right. right. So so I, I just I want to talk to you about this because so I've trained at a dojo. So I grew up, uh, you know, training. It was under Shotokan Karate, but we but we studied judo and jujitsu was very much it was just as much a part of my class as the karate aspect. So. Um, people like to bust my balls about that and be like, oh, I can break a board too. And I'm like, listen, motherfucker, <laughs> we did a whole lot more than that. <laughs> um, but like the dojo atmosphere is very different than like a gym atmosphere. Yeah. Right. So like at, at the dojo, we were all about like respect and, you know, we had four pillars and we had eight dojo, dojo, dojo virtues that we had to abide by. And like, we bowed to sensei and everything was yes, sensei, no sensei. And like, it was very, like, there was no ego. They took the ego right out of it. If there was a kid or an adult acting egotistic, you got smoked. Like my senseis did not put up with that bullshit. And, um, in our head sensei, he was, he's, like 90 now, but he was in the military. And so he loved it. He was like, let's go. Like you, you, you know, I'm going to smoke you if you're full of ego, but I've moved two hours South 
And, um, so I can no longer train at my dojo and I've gone into several gyms and one dojo. And I'm going to be honest with you, Alan, like I don't love the vibes. And so I want to talk to you about that because the women that are listening to this and, and, you know, on our, on the front lines going to be on the front lines, like they, they talk to me about that a lot. And they're like, Hey, like, I want to get involved. But like I go in the door and everybody looks like they want to eat me, (laughs) you know, and it's like, yeah. And even me, you know, I've been training since I've been five years old. I scroll like stroll on in and I'm fucking getting sized up and I'm just like, I'm going to fucking kill all of you. Like this is not what a woman or even a man, a new rookie. That's not what they need to feel. So how what's your advice on this for like the new person stepping out, coming into like to go train out jujitsu is what we're going to go with because that's the most popular. Oh, well, you know, you kind of have to test out what a culture is going to be inside of an academy. And now sometimes you can do that with a visit. I could go in and and how do they greet me? Um, How does the place look? Uh, You know, what is, how does the staff speak to you when they, when you come in and you can get a feel for it. And usually they'll give you the opportunity to try out a class, maybe a series of classes. This is something great to do because uh, you, you, you're going to get to see what they do, but you mainly pay attention to that culture and environment. Uh, it's hard to hide what it is. Um, so if, with a little time there, you can read it. And for me, the second thing is to have some interaction with the head of the school because that's the person that sets the culture. And, and so you can have a discussion with them, maybe get a chance to ask a few questions. And sometimes when you go in there, they'll set up what's commonly called an intro session uh, for you to try it out. But you can ask during that, hey, could I have an opportunity to sit down and speak to the owner, the guy in charge, the gal in charge? Mm-hmm. And that's going to give me an even more in-depth feeling of what this culture is going to be and who it's based on. So that's one way to do it. Uh, For me, the second way to do it is to find somebody that maybe in your network that is in the environment or in the culture that can help you. Mm. I do a a lot of work for uh, protection agents for the Executive Protection Institute and I make this offer to them. How do I find? I'm so afraid to go. These guys are going to eat me alive. I go, well, okay, call me or email me and say, this is where I am. What do you suggest? Now, there's lots of people out there that want to build an environment to help the people that need it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just to smash it up and, and work out and prove who we are. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys we want to talk to. And so sometimes through that network, you can get introduced to those and say, hey, I live here. What do you suggest? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know a lot of people because of travel, uh, the associations I work with. So generally I get one of those requests. I could go, hey, go here, talk to this person. They're generally going to be a good uh, fit. Yeah. And if, you know, there, there might be two or three in a city that you can suggest. Right. So we can just, well, so like, that might be, you might be a good resource then. So can they like message you or on Instagram? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I might be, if I'm a little slow, that just means I'm working. I do a yeah, lot yeah. of what we call work. Uh, so, but generally I will get back to you in a 
reasonable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, any, I mean, just, I don't even know, like, even if they want to reach out to me and I'll reach out to you, but just to be able to be like, yeah, like, do you have any recommendations on a dojo I can go to or sure. like a gym or an academy I can go to in different cities? What I'll generally uh, start with will be a couple of links that to some associations. There's certain associations Perfect. out there um, that, you know, like we said, the head person that runs it sets the culture for the organization. And generally that if it's a good instructor, it'll bleed down into the academies. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be certain academies like uh, the Anasanto Association, uh, Eric Paulson, Pedro Sauer. Uh, yeah, I could vouch for pretty much any of those guys. They're, they're, they're concerned about culture. They want to create a welcoming environment and they really want to help people. So um, that's generally where I'll start. And then we can narrow it down from there. I think that's all really good advice too, about how to kind of get in and, and test the waters, right? Cause there's nothing worse than like committing. And then you're like, fucking hell, why did I just commit to this? And I don't, you know, I don't like the culture and, and you're right. It really is. It's, it, it's a culture. And what's great about it is one, like when you join that and like anybody who's never been a part of a martial art culture, you really want to be a part of it. Because like, for me, I mean, that, that was everything for me from five until like 21, 22. Like I, that was it for me. I was at the dojo four to five days a week. My sensei was everything to me. Uh, you know, my, you know, I could go on and on. I mean, my friends, they come to my, they came to my wedding, like just everything. I mean, they're just so they become family really. I mean, cause you're rolling around and sweating in each other's fucking faces and every other thing, you know, multiple times a week. So you kind of get to know somebody pretty well. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and like we mentioned earlier, you, there's a lot of life skills on the mat. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity to learn them, for me, comes more often on the mat than in real life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Due to that, it helps me prepare mm -hmm. uh, in a safe place for the big stuff that generally rolls around, you know, how to adjust my attitude, uh, my perspective on things, how to handle emotional challenge, mental challenge, physical challenge. You get into all of that in a good academy. So true. That is so true. So we had talked a lot about before, before I press record, we talked about like how, to, how we can apply this conversation to the women that are listening. Right. So, cause there's a lot of conversations on the internet about jujitsu, BJJ training, you know, go train, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like there's not a whole lot for either the smaller statue per male or female, or just the woman, the woman that's walking in who has no idea what's going on, maybe is a police officer and is completely ashamed because they have never trained. And, and also let's just not kid ourselves. And I'm just going to say it. I, the academies aren't training us, you know, in service is it's embarrassing what, like what we are getting if we don't go above and beyond. Right. So it's important that we're doing that. So let's talk about what is on your brain? What comes up when I talk about like just a woman on the front lines getting into jujitsu? Do you recommend jujitsu be like her, like where she starts or like, what's your opinion on that? So uh, I could start that conversation by saying training something is better than nothing. Yes. But 
All martial arts are designed by man for man, therefore man, the human machine, is ultimately the answer, not the system. And it also is important to take into consideration the environment that the system is going to be applied in. Mm. That's one of the pr- problems in law enforcement is I try to come to a law enforcement officer and I teach him jujitsu, but he's going to go out with a belt on, with a radio, and a gun, and all this other stuff, and he's got a vest on, and he's getting in and out of his car slowly, and he's in a parking lot. Will those things work? Yes, but they may not be ideal to his situation and environment. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we want to remember when we go and study these things is uh, they're all based on a system that was designed by someone for some reason. And we would we don't really want to become systemized. Now, uh, what do I mean by that? If we could back out from martial arts systems and just look at like what I call the combat blueprint, <clears throat> it's what happens between two bodies combated in a combative environment. You're generally going to have some primal environments and primal environments are things that are going to happen whether I'm trained or untrained, uh, like projectile weaponry. If you're trained, you're better at it, but it doesn't mean someone won't see a firearm, pick it up and just figure it out and use it. Uh, edged and blunt weaponry. Um, they see a piece of glass, they're under great pressure in fear of their life. They'll pick that thing up and use it. You don't have to train them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, striking happens whether I'm trained or not, pummeling or standing, grappling, hand fighting. Uh, they try to grab you in a headlock bear. That stuff happens. It's human nature. And then groundwork. Those are generally the big areas. So I want to find some sources of information that I can borrow knowledge from uh, and find out what works for me. Mm-hmm. Know these areas, we would like to have an answer, some answer in all of them. Mm. I'd like for them to be high percentage answers, meaning they're things that happen and are successful most often in most situations. So we want to keep it simple. And then when I say I want to avoid being systemized, sometimes I love jujitsu, <laughs> but they train you to grapple to grapple. In other words, yeah. if I'm under someone and I'm grappling and I finally escape, they train you to re-grapple. Yes. Well, that might not be the best thing to do on the street with your family with the gear belt on. If I manage to create space and get ahead in time, I'm going to keep that. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to get up and go. What system teaches that? Well, it may not necessarily be any system. So part of that combat blueprint is we go, hey, who am I? How big am I? How much do I weigh? What is my job? What laws do I have to follow as a law enforcement officer or as a civilian? And I have to take those pieces and design it really for me. It has to be designed around my environment and what I'm going to do. Because the truth is, is like as a civilian, you say something to me uh, at a bar and I I knuckle up, I'm already legally in trouble. Mm -hmm. So the law enforcement officer is there, well, that's the aggressor. I'm going to come talk to him. And I'll just go, well, that's what my coach taught me to do well that's you can't do that there's right laws against those types of threats yep i don't know that my martial art did not tell me that so it, we have to take that into consideration so that's also going to include what works for my 250 pound instructor it's not going to work for me if i'm 125 mm-hmm. um, now some things will but we also have to be honest and you know look at it and, and gain truth from it. 
So what will? What will work for me? Um, and this is something that's similar. Uh, I always reference Bruce Lee, you know, and he did it during a time where it was not kosher. He found out that what he did, he was systemized. And he said, I, I've got to find out what works for me. And he did. He went and looked at different sources for my size and what I can do. This works. So I'm just going to make my own soup. And cre- he ended up creating a system out of it that was worked for him. That's how we will generally have to look at it. Mm-hmm. The drawback to that is what school teaches that. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to do the work for you. You don't just go in and go, here's my measurements, my weight, here's my experience, my background, create a system for me. Mm -hmm. We kind of have to take it upon ourselves to put that blueprint out and go, I need these things. They have to fit this environment. I drive this type of car. I do this type of work. How do these things fit into my culture or the culture of Alan? And we kind of have to start piecing it together that can be work, Uh, you know, so, but ultimately it's going to be the best answer. And I have this conversation quite often with law enforcement officers because uh, one of the biggest challenges is, you know, they, when they do defensive tactics, it's generally sometimes a martial arts instructor that comes in and they teach their art. And this is the greatest thing on the planet. Didn't you know? And I'm the best instructor at it. Therefore, it will work on your job. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty excited about it for the first six months. And then we try it, come back and go, mm, not so much. And we look for another guy. Yep. And, and that's a repeat cycle for a lot of agencies mm-hmm. until they get to the point where they start using the thought pattern that we just discussed. It works for them and it works for a civilian as well. It just takes a little effort uh, to find someone to help you think that way uh, and, and build the blueprint for you to fill in the parts you need. Mm -hmm. I know that's not a simple answer. No, I think it's, I think it's a good answer though. It's not what everybody wants to hear, but it's the truth. I, you know, I was just, when you were talking, I'm just thinking about my experience and like, I just remember my sensei because he knew that I was, you know, going into law enforcement. And so you know, when I was 18 in college for it, he would right in the middle of class, he'd cater it. He'd be like, okay, Autumn, like, this is what we're doing in class. But as a police officer, you're not going to do this. This is, you're going to end up like this, do this, you know, go here, do this arm bar, you know, and, and just different, just different things where I, and it got me thinking differently, right? right. Because for, I don't know, 15 years, I'm doing it a certain way, but then it doesn't, you know, it's not applicable. And so I think, I think that that is important. Do you, so you agree that, you know, a woman should just get in or a male, but again, we're just, this has nothing to do with anything other than we're just talking to women. That's it. Like this podcast is just for women. (laughs) So I'm just putting that out there. You know, a man can listen to your advice and take it too, but I just want to know. So, so you agree that, you know, she just needs to start training something. And is there like, cause do you teach, I know you do, but like, what do you teach specifically for cops? Like, do you have like a class? Like, what do you teach? Uh, I do two things. Um, one is I have specific programs that I've designed and, you know, the, an agency uh, will call me up, but we had a group here this week and they said, look, I want to do 
these three programs. And so they send the guys in and we do them. The second thing is, uh, which we probably do more often, is they'll say, we need defensive tactics at yeah. this prison. And I'll say, well, I'm going to come out and tour the prison. I want to see what you do every day. Who does it? Where do they do it? What do they wear when they do it? I want to hear the scenarios that they're having problems with. Why are you calling me? Right. What are the house rules? Right. So I, you know, I, I need to know everything. And then we'll take that information and build it from the inside out. So mm-hmm. that it's really not me just saying, hey, do jujitsu in a prison cell. Not that that wouldn't work, but if you can design it intelligently and around the overall mission statement, you're going to get a better answer for those guys. Um, and it's going to put them in a better situation uh, because going in, grabbing and going to the ground and rolling around, grapple to grapple might not be the best thing. No. Well, save your butt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and a lot of times, one of the ways I explain it to the guys and, and even in the martial arts academy is uh, some ideas will be behind time ideas. And, and I love grappling, but I've made a big mistake if I'm on the ground grappling. Uh, that means my prior plan didn't work. I like to plan to be ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But I'll be prepared to be behind time. So it's a good information to know. But if my initial plan works, I will never get there. So, you know, for those guys, we want to plan it that way and prepare for the, the bad things that happen. But so is that what, okay. So when you say that, are you like preparing them with defensive tactics? Is that what like the kind of the plan is before yeah, to get on the ground? Um, you know, and in, in, even for them, the initial level of exchange may just be a verbal exchange. Mm-hmm. And so that, that this is an art as well. And the way to use it under pressure is it's artistic. How do I deescalate verbally? What are my verbal tools? Do I know in advance? Do I practice them with my buddy on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the next level in is going to be posturing. Um, how do I hold myself? Where do I put myself? How do I hold my hands when I start to have an exchange? It all is a level, it's an artistic level uh, prior to the moment of touch. And even at the moment of touch, I can't right away assume a high level of force. Uh, And I'm also going to be responsible for a certain level of de-escalation, depending on who I am. I've got to try and keep it from going up the scale. Uh, so for those guys, they have to do that. Some do, some don't. Depends on the situation. Yeah. Uh, it depends on who I've got in front of me. But it's their job to try to contain it, mm-hmm. and not escalate it until it gets past this certain point. Uh, and the point can vary per individual. You know, I might have Chuck, who's 270 pounds, <laughs> as opposed to Bob, who's 140. Mm-hmm. Points Very different. Can't go in and go, guys, if this happens, all of us are going to do this. No, that's not true. It's going to be different per individual, which is one of the reasons I need to meet the team or the individual student, because uh, the choices we make in our de-escalation or escalation process is going to be highly influenced by who we are. Our experience is what we know. How often do you train? How often do you not train? Mm-hmm. What do you have on you? And, and what's going to make your boss mad and get you fired? <laughs> yeah, you just you bring up so many good points. Um, so 
It's so true. And, and, and you know what I like the most about what you just said is I like that you, it's not like a blanket thing, right? So the smaller officer and, and, and we get, we get, okay. So in the Academy, this gets like, like graced right over, like, well, we're going to just, we're going to just like, right. So they're going to be like autumn. Well, I'm not really good at an example. I'm five, six. I'm like a buck 70. I'm like, I'm like, let's fucking go. Like, I don't care. I'm not big, but I'm not little. You know what I mean? So like, but like a little girl who, you know, a little girl, she's probably, she's going to be doing a lot more things than like I would like five foot, hundred pounds. She's going to be doing, she's going to have to be doing more things. And it's the same, like for like a six, one guy, he's going to be doing a lot less shit than me. Right. And, and the five foot. And so here's, I just really love your approach on yeah. So it's going to be different and we have to be mindful of that. And obviously the person needs to be mindful of that at all times. Like you said, what I also loved that you said, and I don't even know if you, if you know that I'm sure you do, because it doesn't seem like there's much you don't know. Um, but we talk about that, what you were talking about with like, just the whole pre like going hands-on a lot of that's command presence, right? right? So so I talk a lot about that with women because it, for a woman, I believe it is not natural for us to have a command presence. It is something that needs to be more taught versus a man. Okay. So like, I, right. Because like, if, if, if you and I are like walking down the fucking street, nine times out of 10, nobody knows anything about you or me. They're probably going to come after me before they're going to come after you. It should just. I'm a woman. I tend to be looked at societally, like as the weaker fucking link. Although I'm going to tell you right now that I'm going to fucking turn around. I'm going to knock them right out, <laughs> but no, um, but I'm just saying, so we, you know, I talk a lot about command presence. What do you have to say about that? Um, I totally agree. And then, you know, the first layer of it is, uh, I refer to as posturing. Mm -hmm. It's just physical communication and it's a deep art to study. Um, you know, and how you use your verbal exchange. And we can also get into, um, you know, these things will eventually come together and create a state and yes. existence. And, you know, some people will have a presence. Some people have to train it. Mm -hmm. But that to me is a, a portion of, of development for a warrior. How yeah. do I develop that? Uh, you know, um, how do I ingrain and train levels of awareness, mm -hmm. presence, and it, it, you, you should have the ability to study those things and do it intelligently, not just go, well, you should have it, you know, it's, well, let's work on a process of it. And we also are going to need a place to train it. You know, uh, in, in the academy, we call it sidewalk drills. And, you know, we'll set up cones and people will walk down the sidewalk and I'll challenge them. May not lay a hand on them. But they got to get past this first. You know, I want a dollar. Uh, let me try your shoes on. I really like that shirt. What was your name again? Hey, did we go to school? <laughs> mm -hmm. We'll have a whole exchange and you have to verbally navigate it pre-touch. And then I may just start getting in your way and you have to navigate your way around me. All of this can come together. And, uh, you know, it's an art unto itself prior to even balling one of these things up. Mm. So I, I completely agree. Um, we, we refer to it as like a development of warrior state. Mm. You'll get into what are your physical posturing, you know, as opposed to good posture, 
or more of a primal in, in, uh, posture. I'm, I'm getting ready to deal with an engagement. Um, predators will see that. They're familiar with that. What are the elements of it? And, and I will say, in my experience, I've trained all sizes. Uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. <laughs> uh, 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. And the, the bad guy, the threat, uh, the predator will see that. Uh, mm. They will be able to read those things and because they don't want a fight. They want an easy meal. I, I want the easiest one. That looks easy. I'll go there. And a lot of times at the first moment of challenge, they're like, whoa, that's too much work. I'll wait. I'll go somewhere else. Um, but I'd like for them to see it before they ever got there. You know, I, I would like for them to watch you walk down the sidewalk and see it. But then we, we have to work on developing those. You have to practice it. And, and like, it, what's what do you think, Alan? Like, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's I want to know, like, how like right now, like what are some tips for the woman like you said? So I just, I believe in this so much and I preach it all the time, but I, I want to hear what you have to say. Like, what are some things that she can de develop right now to be the one that when she's walking down the road, the predator might not look at her like she's the easy option? Well, I think one of the first things is developing true awareness. And it's one thing to, to just go, hey, you should be more aware, look around more. Uh, but it's another to train it uh, or have a, an academy where you can go and practice where in this, you're going to have to be aware because there's going to be some things that happen. Keep your eyes open, 360 degrees, eyes up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always think of a, of a wild animal, you know, uh, from Tennessee, they would come through the backyard of the house and you would watch them. They're not unaware. Uh, something, would, a, a twig would break and, you know, they're, they're immediately on it. And they're probably the alpha in the backyard, but there's still a high level of awareness. And I see that awareness and I'm like, whoa, you know, I, that's not something I want to get involved with. Mm -hmm. So not just being aware, but how do you project awareness? What do they see? And most of the time it's through intent. You know, it's like I can, I can have a soft intent, a happy intent. Or, or how do I change what I project as intent? That's not something I'm going to do all the time, but if it's a dark parking lot, it's probably going to change. I'm going to become aware. My intent is going to change. My posture is going to change. The way you breathe is going to change. You know, and I don't want to be, you know, this is not one of those postures. <laughs> On your phone. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's the study of those things. And the, you know, ultimately the application of it. And, and the nice thing about awareness is, uh, you know, it's, you are literally going to be doing advanced work on the fly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know probably familiar walking to a restaurant, sit down, where am I going to place myself? How do I get out of here? Where are the hard rooms? Um, same thing. If I'm going through the parking lot, what route am I taking? Where did I park before I got here? Um, you know, think like the bad guy. Mm -hmm. I were the bad guy, how would I do it? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of times we know, not all the time, sometimes, uh, you know, it's on the moment, but surveillance, uh, they'll watch and go, hmm, that person was here yesterday, they walked the same way, mm -hmm. be aware of that, um, you know, a standoff footprint for your home, mm -hmm. for your job, 
You know, if, if I were the bad guy and I were going to watch Alan, where would I go to do it? And now that I'm aware of those spots, I, you know, I'll take a look. Is there someone there? That's a spot I would choose. So, you know, you can, because we generally will go to the same environments on a regular basis and you can start to condition yourself to keep your eyes up on certain things just by, just by thinking like the bad guy. I, I hear the term all the time, be your own bodyguard. You know, take the time to know what your routes are to work, to the store. Do I do the same one on a regular basis? And, you know, statistically, it's one of the most common places for violence is in and around a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they, and they don't always teach you jujitsu in the front seat. Uh, but maybe they should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Serious. Correct. I was just, I was just watching, um, a video of an officer and this is unfortunately more common than I'd like to admit, but I was just watching a Tennessee officer. Actually, he got dragged a little bit. Um, he was doing a traffic stop. He got into an altercation with a subject subject got back into a vehicle and dragged the officer uh, down the highway a little bit, which obviously sucks. We hate seeing that, but it, you know, it, you're right. I, especially for cops. I mean, it's a lot around vehicles. Yeah. Well, a lot of the stuff we're doing right now, the programs, one program is entirely focused around violence around a vehicle because it's so common. Is that now, is that digital? Can they take that digitally or do they have to come take that like from uh, you? Most of the time that is uh, like an arranged event and we get together. Uh, I, I've got a few clients that'll do it like this uh, on Zoom. Um, you know, it's a little slower process. Um, but uh, I, I do have several that will work that way. Alan, what is your academy name? Uh, the Atlanta Martial Arts Center. Woodstock. Atlanta Martial Arts Center. What were you going to say? Because I just cut you off. Uh, that's in Woodstock, Georgia. Woodstock, <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> cool. All right. That's good. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. We we I feel like we covered a lot, but I feel like there's, a lot more. So we'll definitely get you back on again. Um, Last. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I'm excited. I'm excited to meet you in September. We're going to meet in Chicago at that Roger up event. So, um, and there's, that'll be in the show notes as well. Anybody's listening, wondering what the fuck I'm talking about. got to go check it out. It's going to be a great event. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun, a bunch of Navy seals, a bunch of like high level military guys and, and some women in there too. We got some, we got, we do have some females, which was cool. I was pumped to see that. And there'll be some uh, jujitsu opportunities. You know, we talked about finding a good culture to try it out. Mm. I guarantee that will be a good culture to try it out. And there'll be 100%. There, no rush to jump on the mat, answer questions. That's our goal is to create that environment. Uh, because like Coach Autumn was saying, it, it's not the easiest one to find. So we, we hope to create that as well. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. What do you think that, like, is, are they going to have a dress code? Because like, think about it. Like, what about, I'm just thinking about the people who like don't have a gi and shit. Um, if you've got one, I think you can bring one. But uh, if you don't, that's okay. Something comfortable. Um, I mean, I've trained guys in, in suits at the EPI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, happens. Right. All the way to jeans, all the way to a gi. So um, don't let that stop you. You can still. The big thing is that you get some education mm. and, and what you have on should not stop that education. We want you to see the benefits and learn some information and see the culture 
because maybe you'll get to expose to the culture and go, oh, that's what they mean. And then you go back home and you walk into school and you'll know, you walk in the next one and go, this is what it is. And that's now, it. Yeah. So 100%. you may just learn that. That's okay. That's okay. And the network, you might meet some people there that you could call up and say, hey, I live in this area. Who should I go see? Never know. 100%. It's going to be, I know, it's going to be a great networking opportunity, the people that we're going to have there. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Alan, where can everyone find you on the socials? Uh, well, Alan Baker or Sifu Alan Baker, S-I-F-U means teacher. Um, that will generally pull me up. My website is sifuallenbaker.com or the atlantamartialartscenter.com. Cool. And all of that will be in the show notes, everybody. So you guys are going to be able to find him. It's been an absolute honor to have you on my podcast. I appreciate you taking the time. He friggin' had to step out of his class tonight to be on this podcast. So we definitely appreciate your time, Alan. And uh, we'll have you on again. Outstanding. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. So I found a soap company that's Leo owned and they make women soap and men soap. And here's why this is important. There's a lot of excellent um, homemade and handmade um, and all natural soap, but they, they don't make men and women's soap. And so I found this company, it's called Patriots and Company. Highly suggest you look it up, uh, look it up and check them out. I have a whole box of their soap that they sent me. And I, my favorite one is called American Woman. It's pink, smells amazing. I've been washing with Beautiful Badass. That's really nice too. They have a whiskey girl, one that I really like. Anyways, go check it out. They also have scents for men. Um, but I wanted to just give them a quick shout out on here because I wanted to tell you about that because look, we're ladies. We need to know the companies that are doing things for us.